With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Beautiful, rainy uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as we record here on Monday. Ryan Horvat in uh, homey Washington, D.C., hanging out. Bet MGM tonight, weeknights, Monday through Friday. They were nice enough to have me on Friday yet. Still no Trista Crick. I don't believe she's been on one show I've joined you guys on yet. Uh, Trista Crick, uh, Nick Ashu, uh, and Ryan Horvat, normally the three hosts on that show. And uh, always a very entertaining show throughout uh, watching your games uh, throughout the night and giving ideas of uh, what you should be betting in, in the middle of games and so forth. Uh, and with baseball season and the NBA season going on, no more college football and NFL football. You did have the Kentucky Derby to bet on uh, this last week and Ryan Horvat. How did you do, Ryan? Yeah, I made a whole lot of money on the Kentucky Derby. I had the winner. Um, we uh, had we had a lot. We had a lot of exotics. So that was actually one of my best betting days ever. I actually celebrated uh, a little bit too much. My wife actually uh, was pretty mad at me. I did. I had a one man celebration. I popped open the good bottle of whiskey <gasps> that I had delivered from Ireland a couple of years ago, and uh, I had some fun. But I was up all night listening to some music. We won a lot of money though. I, I probably made more money. Does she know uh, how much you won? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so and she yeah. still was not happy with the one-man celebration? She just probably – she she was hoping that I was like uh, – it, it went until like 2, 3 a.m. Yeah, I don't care. You win that much money for me, you can party all night long if you like, my friend. That is – I mean, you did really, really well. Like, I'm not going to tell the number, but he did really well. Trust me. It it would take me a whole year back in the day when I was a producer to make that pretty much. It would take you five years to make that. Yeah. Seriously. So that was awesome um, and huge because my kid has braces and because we're going to Disney again in July. So So jealous. Hey. Love Disney. Uh, Okay. Let's let's get us a Packer talk here. Uh, Sometimes. Just looking at Twitter will bring topics to life uh, for the Curtin Long podcast. And I'd like to thank Peter Bukowski and Andy Herman. Andy Herman from the Pack a Day podcast, uh, Lockdown Packers podcast, Peter Bukowski. Uh, they both were highly entertaining last night and then today. And then I jumped into Peter Bukowski's uh, Twitter timeline, and him and I were going back and forth on this very same topic. I figured, well, we're recording Curtin Long. Let's bring Hor- Ryan Horvath's opinion into this and see what he thinks. So let me explain to you how this all started. And we all love uh, Andy Herman, obviously, Pack a Day podcast. Mm-hmm. Andy Herman says this last night. There are layers to how an organization handles a rebuild, reboot, whatever you call it. The front office is clearly in rebuild mode, going ultra young and jettisoning vets. That's good. 
But every coach and player should absolutely still be trying to win a Super Bowl. That's also good. Now, again, I, I don't have a problem with that necessarily with, with what he said. Peter Bukowski says Brian Kuhn, who's made it pretty clear late last season, he had no intention of treating any season or any part of any season like it's playing for next year, quote-unquote. The Packers believe winning culture means trying to win every year. That's not They're not punting on 2023. And this whole thing got going uh, as we go through this from this tweet right here from Andy Herman. Well, this actually came up this morning. The Packers moved on from Rodgers, Lewis, Cobb, Lazard, Reed, Lowry, and likely Amos and Crosby. They signed T. Moore and M. Orzek, reloaded, quote-unquote, with 13 draft picks. Only four players are over the age of 28. Instead of denying it's a rebuild, we should be impressed they rebuilt and could still win the division. Now, Keyshawn Nixon got in this last night when Andy Herman pretty much said that, you know, they aren't trying to win necessarily based on, on what they did because it's a rebuild. And Keyshawn Nixon did not like that very much uh, and pretty much said, yeah, no, we're, we're trying to win. Yes. L- l- let me clarify oh. something. Every player is trying to win the game they're playing, right? I mean, unless you have money on it and you're throwing it or whatever, fine. But in providing that's not the case, you're going to try and win the game you're playing in. But when you rebuild, that's not the players that's rebuilding. It's the front office and the ownership that's rebuilding. I take you to the Philadelphia 76ers and the process. Mm-hmm. Sam Hankey, that's what he was doing, man. He was clean house. You're too good. Gone. You're too good. Gone. He wasn't telling the coaching staff not to win games. He was making it impossible for them to win games by giving them bad players and accumulating millions of draft picks to try and turn this thing into a dynasty. Did it happen? No. But that was the thought process of how he was going to do it. The Green Bay Packers aren't at that level of rebuild necessarily, right? They didn't trade Jair Alexander. They didn't trade Kenny Clark. They didn't trade Devondre Campbell. They didn't blow up their defense. Their side of this is we're going super young at wide receiver. We're going super young at tight end. Apparently, Mercedes Lewis is not involved in all of this. Yeah. Uh, Matt LaFleur clearly wants him back. Uh, it doesn't appear he's coming back, according to Bill Huber. And then Mercedes Lewis took to Twitter last night and had a long, long, long tweet talking about it's all about the journey. That's what this is all about, the journey. And the journey will continue, obviously, somewhere else going forward. Mm-hmm. So they're going to play all these young guys. It's going to make it a lot more difficult for them to win. Having said that, Ryan Horvath is 2023. Green Bay Packers. Would you consider this upcoming season a rebuilding year, Ryan Horvath? Personally, like, yeah, I would, and I wouldn't bet them to win the division. But also, I think what they're doing is really smart, and I'll actually give Gudikins for the first time, I think, on this podcast some praise because I like the way that they're doing it, man. Like, sure, you want a guy like Mercedes Lewis in that locker room, but at the same time, it's time to rebuild, you know, it's time for Rogers guys and all the vets to go. It's time to get young and figure out who could play and who can't play because you want this to be a very quick rebuild, right? I keep calling it a rebuild on the fly. When the Kansas city chiefs, dude, when Alex Smith was there, they still drafted Mahomes, right? They went to the playoffs and won the division that year. They played Mahomes one game and mop up duty because they had already clinched. And that's how Alex Smith lost his job. Remember? And so then, the next year, they're in the playoffs with Mahomes. The year after that, they win a Super Bowl. That's because, like, in the NFL, you don't have to rebuild the same way that you do in the NBA or Major League Baseball, and thank God. 
because that could take forever. Sometimes for bad organizations, that's the way it happens. But for the Packers, you can't look at this like it's a full rebuild. And you have to look at it like, yeah, we could kind of – or we still have a shot to win the division because it's not a great division. Correct. Well, clearly, like, Gutekinds believes in Jordan Love. He drafted him. He moved up in the first round to take this kid. So now it's his turn to play. You know, you saw what you had in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs at times last season when they were actually able to stay on the field. And now, you know, you like your draft picks. So you're going to try to win – but at the same time, I don't think you go into the season. It's not Super Bowl or bust. It's not no. playoffs or bust. It's let's evaluate and see who's good. And sure, like in the NFC North, when the Detroit Lions are the favorites and the Bears have the second best odds and the Vikings, anything's possible. Because if Jordan Love is Patrick Mahomes, and not, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like not Patrick Mahomes, but if Jordan Love's an all pro quarterback, like we think that he could be, we could win, the, we could go to the playoffs and win a playoff game this year. But. You know, also, we're coming off a season where we stunk. We had Aaron Rodgers. We had a Hall of Fame quarterback. The defense wasn't very good. Do we have our defensive coordinator? You know, we're going to figure that out this year. Can Joe Barry turn things around for himself or else he's getting canned? So I'm saying a rebuilding year, but I don't want to hear that from Keyshawn Nixon. Also, there's way too many vets in that locker room with pride. Aaron Jones is going to be a 30-year-old running back. He doesn't have time for rebuilding. Hey, man, David Bakhtiari pretty much already called it a rebuilding year. If you go back and look at some of his tweets, it ain't like this dude's coming in thinking they're going to win. I think that – I almost think they should move move back and, like, let him go. Next year, not this year. Oh, right. I, mean, situation-wise, they can't. I don't know that he's all going to be down with this and I don't blame him. But at the end of the day, like, that's the thing. Like, they didn't, I feel like there was no plan. And that's why fans are arguing on social media. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? They should have just came out and said, hey, you know, this season, we just kind of want to figure out who's going to. You can't really do that. No, you can't. <laughs> so there's really that's why I, I didn't want any of this to happen. I wanted Aaron Rodgers back. <laughs> I'm saying it's a rebuild year, but I completely get where some guys are like, we're not with that rebuilding stuff. Because, dude, there's former all-pros in that locker room yeah. still. There's guys making a lot of money. There's Jair. There's Bakhtiari. So, Kenny Clark. Like, this might be – these are some of the last years these guys have a shot to win anything. But I think it's going to be a rebuild. I think they're a five-win team. As we're talking about this, I don't think there's any chance they're a five-win team. But as we're talking about this, I, I, something came into my brain. The schedule is supposed to be out May 11th. Now, Peter King is saying it may not happen, that it may not be done in time, uh, but it's supposed to be out Thursday. Okay. I don't think there's What'd you say? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was like, how, this is what I don't get. How is the schedule not done? Like, what, what the hell have they been doing? It's not like, done. One they, job, you make a schedule. Because they were waiting on Aaron Rodgers. They were waiting to see what happened to Lamar Jackson. They were waiting okay. all this stuff. What's it going? So now they met with Roger Goodell, I think, yesterday afternoon, the schedule makers, and are bringing all these different versions because the way it looks, if you read Peter King today, very well explained, but he points out that these teams that aren't going to be great, but that could be good with big audiences like Green Bay, Pittsburgh, right? Instead of having one Thursday night game, maybe they get two Thursday night games uh, in that instance. That no longer is the day where a bad team has or will automatically get a game. So now if you stink, say the Cardinals, right? Or the Texans, you may not get a single primetime evening game going forward until you're good again. That's kind of what they changed because Amazon was mad that they got stuck with a bunch of crap. And part of this new deal is no more. So now they're going to get either good teams with huge fan bases or they're going to get great teams on that Amazon broadcast uh, on Thursday night. And obviously ESPN is not going to screw themselves over in this whole process. So they're going to make sure they get a game. NBC is going to want their games. 
So Packers may end up with more primetime games than we originally thought it's, with Jordan Love at quarterback. That's overcomplicated, man. Like, look at the like look at the betting odds. Have half of a brain, and you could know you know who we want to watch on primetime, right? Even if even if Zach Wilson was going to be the quarterback of the Jets, we all would have been down for that. We want to no. see if his teammates off him in the middle of a game. No, I don't. I had no interest in watching the Jets last year. Zero zilch. Not, really? No thanks. No. Oh, man, before Brees no. Hall got hurt, I thought they were the most fun team to watch. They had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. All right, I digress. Let's Horrible talk about quarterback play. It's um, a rebuilding year in my in my opinion. Okay, but I want to go back to what I, I was I was getting somewhere with this, and then I lost my train of thought. The schedule. The schedule is probably the most important schedule release for the Packers and I don't know how long. And the reason I say that is... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the Packers to build confidence, they really could use a couple of not-so-great teams on their schedule to start the season. Like, the one thing you don't want is you don't want, like, two or three mega teams at the start of the schedule, and all of a sudden you're 0-3 and look lost, right? What you would like to see is... Give me the Bears early. Like, I'll take that. Give me the Vikings early. I'll take that. Like, give me some lesser teams early in the schedule to build the confidence. You know, if we're through four, the Packers are three and one, and Jordan Love's got 12 touchdowns to two picks. All of a sudden, and you know how big confidence is in, in sports, right? All of a sudden, you're beating your chest. You're like, that's right. We're here. Let's go. And now if you lose a game to a mega team, it's not overblown. Everybody's not freaking out necessarily at the end of the day. I think the schedule is just big for the Packers. Oh, man, I'm actually glad that you said that because and it's really big as well um, because I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to crap on the team, but they're four to one to win the division just from like betting, you know, but if they start 0 and three, they're going to be like plus 700 plus 800 because I completely agree with everything that you're saying. I mean, if they start the season three and one you know, beating up on mediocre to bad teams. Like you said, you have all the confidence in the world. Also, you have a locker room that's fully bought in where maybe yep. like somebody like David Bakhtiari isn't fully bought in since his boys in New York now. And, you know, like the vets on the other side of the ball too, like Kenny Clark. I completely agree. Preston Smith, it gives you something to play for. If you start off and you're getting just destroyed, you know, like you start off against the Eagles, you know, or Dallas, teams like right. that going to be a long year so i completely agree with everything that you just said you want to start i would love bears week one yeah justin fields against jordan love yes. week one that's the way that it should be i'll even you know what i'll take minnesota week one yep Me you know too. um totally fine with it i'll take, I'll I'll take the lines too. i'll take detroit week one yes. jordan Love's already seen that defense yeah i'll play it and i i do have a feeling that it's probably going to be i have a feeling we get uh if i was a betting man bears packers week one that's fine 
And they could sell Jordan Love versus Justin Fields, I think. Right? I mean, Packers, Bears, that could be a primetime game possibly with Jordan, with, with Justin Fields and everybody wanting to see what Jordan Love is with the Packers and so forth. Oh, absolutely. So, all right. So, just wanted to bring that up as we get closer so, to and, and really quick, um, sorry. So, like this year, they play the West. So, we would get – I don't want the Chiefs, the Chargers – I don't want. I don't want to see the Saints even. Oh, I'm, just I'm looking not fine with the Saints. That doesn't bother just, me as much. I'm just thinking like best case scenario because you do have Carolina this year. Yes, you have Atlanta. You know, you have the Rams. Yes. So this is good. So Bryce Young's first game will be against Jordan Love. Totally good with it. Let's roll. Let's see what happens. You're one and zero coming out of that game, feeling good about yourself. Atlanta's defense. Now they just signed Trey Flowers. Uh, today they've signed like a hundred players. It's hard to keep track of what Atlanta has right now, but yeah. either way, it's going to be early on trying to figure out Bijan Robinson and all this yeah. other stuff. I'm okay with Atlanta in week two. I'm fine the with only, that. The only problem is Atlanta's away, so you would have to go on the road. Home, fine. man. Look, listen. Hold on, really quick though. Now, now I wish I wouldn't have seen this. It, <laughs> obviously, it, your games at Lambo. I don't even feel good about the games at Lambo. This team, I'm sorry, they're not winning seven games. Sparky at home at Lambo, you get the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah, the Saints. In the Rams, that's two and, wins. And Baker in the box. I don't know that's that they're right. beating. They're, they're not beating the Rams. They beat the Saints. They beat the Rams. And who's the crappy team? Carolina was that the other team you said at Lambo? Who's the other? I, yeah, I'll bet. I'll actually no oh. care. I'll bet you that they lose to the Rams. No way. The and the Saints. I'll make that bet with you right now. I'll bet fine. you a dinner when I'm in town. Yeah, that's fine. Done. Sparky, they're not we'll beating get dinner the Rams. somewhere. We'll go to dinner somewhere. What? They're not Jordan Love's not beating Aaron Donald and, and Matthew Stafford in the Rams. That team's horrible. They're not even trying to win in LA. If you think the Packers aren't trying to win, folks, they are definitely not trying to win. They said, and I think the GM just said it. Hey guys, look, we went for it for a couple of years. This was coming eventually, and here we are. Like they know they're not any good. They know they're not any good. They're gonna I bet you they win five games this year, maybe six. They got right. Super Cup. They got Matthew Stafford. They got Aaron you Donald. Know Matthew Stafford can stay on the field for more than two Dude, games. McVay, hurt. McVay almost beat us last year with Baker Mayfield, and we it's had true. Aaron Rodgers. It's All true. right. Let's, it's okay. It's true. We'll see. I, I don't think they lose to either one of those two teams. I, I don't think they lose to Carolina. I feel good about that. So let's see. So they're going to have how many games do they have at home this year? Eight or nine? Uh, this year it's eight. 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 So I bet you they go five and three at home this year. Oh God, you're you're insane. Five and three at Lambeau this year for the Packers. Why do you hold on? Why do you believe? Why do you think that they're beating Derek Carr and the Saints this year? Because I don't like Derek Carr at all. I don't trust Derek. Well, Carr. I don't. I don't either. But we like. First of all, Mike Thomas can't stay healthy, so we don't know what that looks like. Kamara, will he stay healthy for the whole year? Will he be there I mean, again? Like I get it, right? Like if this was Drew Brees in his prime and Sean Payton, great. Uh. It's not. Dennis Allen is not Sean Payton, first of all. Not anywhere close to it. Derek uh, Carr, we know what that dude is. He's he's not even Kirk Cousins, to be honest with you. I don't think. I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Derek Carr at this point. So, yeah. Well, I mean, they won't have Kamara because he'll be suspended the first four games of the season. So, if we get yeah. him early. Right. Yeah. Um, really quick, though. Away, though. Steelers, loss. Giants, winnable. Loss. Who? Raiders. Giants? That's winnable too. Stop. You quit, quit quit acting like all these teams are so great. Stop. Daniel Jones has to do it two years in a row. Let's he see. He beat us last year. Settle down. Like, no way. Come on. Right. This team may win 10 games. The more you talk, the more convinced I am they're going to win even more games than I thought. 
A lot their of these teams are very winnable. You're more confident than their left tackle is. What does that tell you? Because our left tackle's bitter because his best oh, friend you know, left. You're just in Who football cares? heaven right now because you you have Anthony Richardson and and, and, and oh, your no. team. The Colts are going to be horrible. The Colts may win three or four games, maybe if they're lucky. The Packers will double the Colts' win total. I bet you. Oh God, don't say that. I don't know, man. Yeah, double. Yeah. I don't know. I think no way. I think the Colts have a way better football team. No. Their offensive line last year. Again? Kelly regressed last year. Smith regressed last year. I mean, Nelson regressed last year. Their left tackle, they had like three of them last year rotating. Like, no, they're not. No. This gold team is a far, far, far away. Shaquille Leonard can't stay on the field with that back injury. So he's going to come back two, three games, get hurt again, and out he goes again. Kenny Moore was not that good last year, and he's their best cornerback now coming in. He, you know, he had, did he have a pick, two picks, maybe? You're you're too high on this Packers team, but let's we'll go. We will find out. We'll find out. I know there's going to be growing pains with the young wide receivers, the young quarterback. There's going to be interceptions that shouldn't be interceptions because somebody does something wrong. Like, I understand that. I, I just don't think the rest of the NFL is all that good, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of parity in this league, and there's a lot of teams that are in the middle. And I think the Green Bay Packers will be one of the teams in the middle. And then you'll have, like, three to five teams that are going to be absolute garbage at the bottom. And then you're probably going to have, like, three teams at the top or four teams at the top that are really, really good. Yeah. Kansas City will be really, really good, right? I'm gonna, Buffalo will be really, that. really good. I don't know about Kansas City being really, really good. I think the Chargers are going to be the best team in the league this year. I'm not there. Sorry. We'll do a full season preview, and I'll put all. I'm not there. I don't trust the Chargers. Justin Herbert's going to be allowed to throw the football this year, baby. He's got a horrible offensive coordinator. We don't know that Kellen Moore. Dallas, I do know that. I watch Kellen Moore. He's not good. I don't believe that he was calling a lot of those plays. I think the big guy still had his hand in there. And you. Is there a bigger you know the big the, who's got a bigger ego than Mike McCarthy and uh, Aaron Rodgers? That's the only answer. True. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. Holmgren, I guarantee you, some of those. Yeah. I, if if Kellen Moore was the one co- calling the quarterback draw with no timeouts against San Francisco a couple of years ago, then he has no business being an OC anywhere. Well, we'll find out. All right, yeah. topic number two. We got completely sidetracked. That's why I love Curtin Lock. Okay, which way? Of looking at the 2023 Packers season, do you prefer? We go back to our friendly, good folks on, on Twitter. Peter Bukowski, again, Lockdown Packers podcast on Twitter. We can get out of the semantics this way. If you need to rebuild a house, it's a teardown. You rip it down and you start over. The next level is a gut renovation. You tear it down to the studs, pretty close to starting over. The Packers are simply redoing the kitchen and a powder room. Do you like that? When you start talking about doing house rebuilds, he says the Packers aren't tearing it down to the studs. They're not knocking it down and rebuilding it from scratch. They're simply redoing the kitchen and the powder room. That's all the Packers are doing at this point. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. 
Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Yeah, I guess, kind of. You're okay with that? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't love it. I, I think it's a little bit bigger. I think it's I think it's like the kitchen, the living room. I think you're messing with a lot more because I don't think – I think people are forgetting just how great Aaron Rodgers was and the mediocre teams that he took to the playoffs. Sure. You know, so – and just like what he meant to some of those guys. I know everybody also thinks Rodgers is this terrible teammate. I don't think so. I mean, Rodgers is getting his friends more jobs than Adam Sandler. Like, honestly, like Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis – even Alan Lazaro, he's not making that money if it's not for Rodgers. I think he's the ultimate teammate. So that's the only thing. But I'm fine with that, yeah. Here's Andy Herman's take on it. I'm so glad I'm done with all this because it doesn't matter at all. But, in my opinion, there's five options. Follow along. Tank, rebuild, run it back, reboot, or all in. Tank, tear it down, all but try and lose. Rebuild, rid of the old, in with the new, Run it back, basically the same team with super minor adjustments. That's the Bucks. Reboot, some vets out, new vets in. All in, F them picks, F the future, just win, baby. There's only one of those five that makes sense, and we know which it is. And he, of course, points back to it being a rebuild year yeah. based on the definitions he lays out. Yep, and I love that, and I agree with that. And see, here's the thing. Um, I'm cool with like Aaron Jones, a guy that just loves being a Packer. He's going to take a pay cut, you know, Bakhtiari. You got to have some talent on this roster. Cause again, it's not a, like the NFC is a dumpster fire. You can maybe win 10 games. All right. I know I'm ragging on the team, but it's possible. So I like what they're doing, but I would rather look at it like, yeah, you go more rebuild and you got to, you got to say goodbye to some guys. Maybe you don't want to say goodbye to just because you got to look at this like a bankroll. Like you just blew your whole bankroll. Now you got to build that all up from scratch again like the Packers if you want to win again in three four years I think this year and next year is all about is Jordan Love our guy can he play yes or do we have to go out and get our quarterback in the draft how are we going to address that because what you want to do is figure out who's your guy in the next two years and then in three years four years five years you go back in spend money in free agency like you did a couple years ago when you brought in the Smith brothers Adrian Amos and then Goot and LaFleur have a chance to win a Super Bowl I just and maybe, you know, maybe that's sooner rather than later. Like, I don't think the Chiefs would – like, would Andy Reid, did they really believe Mahomes was going to win a Super Bowl year two? No. They probably knew he was the guy. But, again, that's what has to give you hope, whether you're a Jordan Love guy or an Anthony Richardson guy. Jordan Love has been – Jordan Love, I'm sorry. Mahomes has been doing these interviews, again, all summer where he's like, dude, I didn't know how to read an NFL defense. I couldn't tell you who the mic was on the field. So – I mean, you saw the draft grade. People were giving that like a D plus. This guy's clearly a project. And now he's not even 29 years old and he's the greatest quarterback of all time. That's how this league goes. But I feel like this year, next year, it's all about Jordan Love. It's got to be, can this guy play? You know, and then in three, four years, it's go all in. But this can't be go all in right now because you don't know if the quarterback's any good. Correct. Right. Absolutely correct. 1,000. Did you see over the weekend, Matt LaFleur talked, I think it was Saturday, I think it was, Mike Clemens, our good old buddy, Mike Clemens, uh, he uh, asked a great question of Matt LaFleur about Tom Clemens, you know, and Tom Clemens coming back. And I thought LaFleur was pretty good. Now, again, I'm not reading the exact quote, but he pretty much said that 
Tom Clements was a big reason why Jordan Love took a big jump last year uh, in his progression and how he got better. He goes, and then at the exit interviews, he asked Jordan Love, like, okay, what do you think of Tom? Should we bring him back? You like him? Whatever. Love him. Absolutely want to have him back. And then LaFleur got a chuckle. I was like, and Tom actually wanted to come back, which is great. So I think he even thought he was gone, that Rodgers is leaving. We're going to lose Tom, too, and we're going to have to start over a quarterback coach. But that was huge for the Packers. And on a side note, what does that say about Kyler Murray? Wait, I, I seriously want to know the backstory on that whole thing. He coached Kyler Murray his rookie year to rookie of the year and then retired after he had the rookie of the year quarterback said, I don't want to do this no more. I'm good. I'm out. See you later. And yeah. retired. But now he's here years later when to coach Jordan Love. Well, probably because, like, again, Jordan Love always had the talent, man. He's just a project because, you know, he liked to throw the ball to the other team. There was some sloppy footwork. And Tom probably fixed that up because certain guys are really good at their jobs, like Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers. You know? Why would you leave rookie of the year Kyler Murray after he was rookie of the year? Well, this is what I was about to get to. Jordan Love also just seems like the kind of kid you want to work with because he seems like he brings good energy and he's a yeah. good guy and you're rooting for him. Yep. I'm not here to like throw Kyler under the bus. I don't know him personally, but I've never like, dude, even when he was at Oklahoma, like his teammates, nobody wanted to hang out with this guy. With Jordan Love, he probably like, I don't know, probably brings that good energy. And Tom's like, I think I could help this kid and I want to help this kid. You know, whereas with Kyler, you were probably like, man, yeah, I probably helped him do some stuff, but he doesn't appreciate me and he's a pain in the ass. Could be. You know, I, mean, I, I just, think that's what it is. I think that just says everything about Kyler's character right. and that whole situation in Arizona. Like, dude, did Kingsbury lie on his resume? I never understood how he became an NFL head coach. He wasn't a good college OC. He had Mahomes and they won five games. Yep. Yep. Very true. It I make sorry for me on that one. I don't know how he got the head coaching job either, but either way, he got it. He got some love on draft day from his beautiful posh house of his and all that yeah. stuff and got to be a McVay's podcast a bunch, and it was all good. Uh, okay, last topic here. Check this out. How did the rest of the NFC North do in the NFL draft? I'm going to see if we can run down maybe Chad Ryder for Wednesday or Friday's show from NFL.com and get his thoughts on the Packers draft and so forth. How did the rest of the NFC North do? Let's start with the Chicago Bears, uh, Ryan Horvath, as far as what their draft looks like and whether or not you like uh, what they did in the NFL draft. I'd probably give them like a B-plus, to be honest with you. You look at it, and in the first round, they needed an offensive tackle because, again, this year is about evaluating Justin Fields. So they get Darnell Wright at number 10. I think that's a better pick than Skaronsky. I agree. I agree with you. And also, we got to remember, they trade down from number one to number nine. Um, You know, then they slide back one more spot as well. So I like what they did there. Uh, Round two, they uh, take the defensive tackle out of Florida, Dexter Sr. And they also get a uh, defensive back in round two, Stevenson. You like those picks? I just I think that they needed to go defense. That defense is terrible. They have to rebuild that. I know that you have to get Justin Fields a bunch of weapons. But you were able to do that by trading for, you know, uh, DJ Moore, obviously. And now you have Mooney as your number two. And Claypool's not a number one. That's why I didn't love that trade. But he's a pretty damn good number three. So, And you have Cole Komet. So I think they're fine offensively. I like their running backs. So I think you had to go defense. So they get uh, Dexter Sr., they get Stevenson. Third round, they get another defensive tackle. 
Round four, they take Johnson, the other Texas running back who backed up Bijan, who's pretty good. You just don't know because Bijan uh, is the real deal. Uh, also, round four, they get a wide receiver, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. And then round five, a linebacker and a DB. So I think that they addressed their important needs. You had to fix up the defense, and you had to get some offensive line help. So I'd probably give them a B plus. I think they had probably, if not the best draft in the NFC North, the second behind the Packers, right? I like the Tyler Scott pick a lot. Um, I, I was down with that uh, for sure. I don't know, man. Like you seem real high on Cole Komet. I don't. I mean, there were so many tight ends there in the second round that they could have added another one to him. And, you know, obviously they don't want to run the same offense that Matt Lafleur is going to run. Though it'd be different than what Matt Lafleur is going to run as far as multiple tight ends and using the tight end. But I think I would have thought there maybe about a tight end, and I would have thought about a wide receiver. Now again. Like you said, their defense wasn't good. So you have to address that too. Packers don't have safeties. I kind of just ignore that. Um, and you look at Tyler Scott, I like him. I liked him at Cincinnati. I like the receivers at Cincinnati that was there uh, when Luke Fickle was there. So I think that was a, a, a good pick uh, for the Chicago Bears. So overall, I don't think it sucked. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think it was bad. I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, I think that's why I go like B+. Plus. I think it was just they addressed needs. It wasn't the sexiest draft. I mean, with your top 10 pick, you're taking a tackle, and then you have to address the defense because it's been so bad the last couple of years. And uh, you traded away all the talented players that you did have, like Khalil Mack and right. all those guys. Roquan obviously gone as well. Um, yeah, so I'm with you there. Lions. What about the Lions? Yes, this is the one I want to talk about. Go all ahead. Right. All right, so round one. Number 12 overall, you get Jameer Gibbs, who I do love. But again, he's a running back with the 12th pick of the draft, man. Then at pick 18, you go with Jack Campbell. Horrible. A linebacker. So a I running mean, back and a linebacker round one. for the Jack Detroit Campbell Lions. is a better fit at linebacker in the 80s than Jack Campbell is a fit at linebacker uh, in 2023, I think. I mean, if you watch him, he's a big physical type dude. I reminds me of Brian Noble, maybe a little bit. Yep. I mean, that that's kind of who this dude is. And that, now listen, that doesn't mean he's going to suck. I don't think he's going to stick necessarily, but the value you could have had there with other guys on the board, other than him, that to me personally, I think that was a bigger miss than the Jameer Gibbs pick. Like the Jameer Gibbs pick might look brilliant depending on how much you use him. Right. Yep. So if he's Alvin Kamara for you, that everybody's like, damn, we killed him, but damn, like he's doing everything, right? And so that may work out. I don't see how the Campbell pick is a wild pick there. And I think they had an opportunity to get a wild pick and didn't take it. So here's the thing, man. Like the Gibbs pick, he probably wasn't going, man, he probably wouldn't have been there at 18. Maybe he is. So I, I don't like the Campbell pick just because I think he probably could have got him in the middle of the second round. But here's the thing about the Gibbs pick. At first, you're like, all right, he's 195 pounds soaking wet. But we also have to remember at Bama, he was probably like the best receiver. Uh, he's really fast. He's a good route runner. And they don't have Jamison Williams those first six games of the season. So they're going to need some speed. And it also made sense. I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks, you know they just did not like Swift. They moved Swift, right? So they're able to move him. So now you have the running back that you really like. So the more I think about this draft, I don't hate it. Like the more I did think about it because, okay, I don't like the first round, but now let's look at the, what they do in rounds two and three round two. You get Sam Laporta out of Love Iowa. Love you it. like it? Love the pick. Me too. And then after that, you get Brian branch at pick 45 in the Love second that round. Too. And then 
In the third round, Hendon Hooker, who I thought was going to go Love before it. pick 26, you get him at 68, man. So, I don't know. Did the Lions actually have the best draft I in the think so. I think it, I, I think they had a great draft. Now, again, I don't like the Camel pick. The Gibbs pick, I was shocked by when they made it. But if they use him, and he's like the main focus of the offense, and he's that guy, then you look back and go, wow, that was a great pick. And if they don't use him like that, and he's just like a – uh, two down guy or something, then no, then it's going to look horrible. Uh, but if they use him similar to what, how Bijan will get used in Atlanta, probably, I think then that, that pick looks fine. The Camel pick, though, unless he turns out to be some all pro, I can't see it, but if he turns yeah. out to be some all pro, then okay, that pick's okay too. But as of right now, their second and third round picks were more impressive than what they did in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, though. So, like, you got to give them credit, but also at the same time, it's like, what the hell were you doing in the first round? But if those are the guys that they wanted and they hit on those guys, and I do like Gibbs a lot. Yeah. And there Good are teams point. There are teams that had Gibbs. I was shocked, but, man, there were teams that had Gibbs on their board above Bijan. And you, the Packers, you I, think were, I think the Packers were one of them because Wayne Larrabee was on a pregame show saying uh, that, they, that he talked to a Packers coach and they thought Gibbs was a better fit for what they did more so than Bijan. Yeah. You know what? I'll give them, I got to go Detroit B plus and we'll switch the bears to a B actually. Yep. I mean, cause bears just what they did wasn't, they needed those picks though. So I can't kill the draft. They did what they needed to do. And years ago, the bears would have done something stupid. The lions really knocked out, knocked the second, third round out of the park. So after that, you know, it's kind of boring for them. They get a defensive tackle out of Western Kentucky, Broderick Martin. They get a, a guard round five and then round seven, you take a shot with the Carolina wide receiver, uh, Antoine green. I don't know if he'll be any good. All right. Minnesota, Minnesota. You kind of forget about them, which is great. Uh, round one, they get one of my favorite receivers in this draft, Jordan Addison. And I actually like this fit for him at number 23 overall. The thing is he's small and he's not very fast. He's 173 pounds and he doesn't have elite speed. He's not slow though. He runs a four five forty. You know what I mean? And he finds ways to get open. I watched all those games at USC. Granted, he was playing with Caleb Williams. I also watched him at Pitt. He was the best wide receiver in the country at Pitt and then left the program to go play with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. And, man, I was watching this one game early on in the season, and Jerry Rice was there on the sidelines, and he was just shaking his head, and he was like, that boy's good, and he is good. And he doesn't have to be wide receiver number one because right. he gets to play along the best receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson. So I actually like this for the Vikings, round one. They get Jordan Addison. Uh, they didn't have a second-round pick. Round three, they take uh, Blackman, the defensive back, out of USC. Decent value there in the third round. Round four, you get another DB. That defense was terrible. Jay Ward. They had to take two corners, man. They were the only team in the league to give up back-to-back 300-yard games to Daniel Jones, and there's and that includes the teams in his own division. Right. So. Jaron Hall, they get round five out of BYU. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. And uh, they take a defensive tackle, Roy, out of LSU, and then round seven, UAB running back, Dwayne McBride. Didn't love this draft, but they didn't really have a whole lot to work with. I like Jordan Addison for him. I just, what are the Vikings doing, man? Like, are Wait they trying cousins to be gone? And then it's rebuild for him because they hold on to Justin Jefferson. Then, See, I, me personally, personally, me, I would have traded Cousins for a bag of golf balls, been horrible, and put myself in position to get one of those two quarterbacks next year. Say, That's what I would have done. Explain that to Justin Jefferson exactly. You just tell them, look, we're not going to be very good. But the goal here is Caleb Williams. Like, that's the goal. And, oh, by the way, here's his wide receiver from USC to tell you all about how good he is. 
You got to suck for a year, but you're going to get them next year. And away you go. You know, I was looking, I forgot where it was. Somebody put up a power rankings. I think it might have been Peter King, maybe. And he had the Cardinals as the last team in the National Football League, I believe, or second to last, them and the Texans. And he pointed out that, look, if they're this bad, what do they do? You have Kyler Murray. Do you take Caleb Williams and then try and dish off Kyler Murray? I've been saying that. What then happens if you're Arizona? And Houston, too. Like, you just took a quarterback. The two worst teams in the league this year could be C.J. Stroud and Kyler Murray, and the top two players are probably going to be quarterbacks. Dude, outside of Marvin Harrison Jr., I've been trying to make this a topic with everybody like forever. And like we had on somebody from Arizona and I asked him and he's like, no, I I think that you would stick with Kyler. And I call BS, man. We are comparing Caleb Williams to Patrick Mahomes. No, I think you have to trade Kyler Murray. If you can get somebody to take him. Yeah. But you take, if you're there at number one, this is, this is one of those years where you, you got, if you're number one, you don't trade out of it. You take a quarterback. You know what I mean? I like totally agree. Colts, you, like when the Colts had, like you took Andrew Luck. Yep. That year, I mean, you could have taken RG3, I guess, but you were going to take Andrew Luck. When Trevor Lawrence came out, he was always going to be number one. It was never going to be Zach Wilson. Yeah, so, no, totally agree. Yep. This is no, the year. No like, Caleb Williams is awesome. There's, you're not going to find one knock on him until it's the week before the draft and we hear, you know, he tested crappy or something. Like <laughs> yeah, something. He wrote yeah, Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Of course, you can download this on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast, Odyssey Sports uh, on YouTube as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you again coming up on Wednesday. Don't forget these episodes drop Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 5 p.m. Central. They drop each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Have a good one.